This is Think Energy, the podcast that helps you better understand the fast-changing world of energy through conversations with game changers, industry leaders, and influencers. So join me, Dan Seguin, and my co-host, Rebecca Schwartz, as we explore both traditional and unconventional facets of the energy industry. In this episode, we'll do a deep dive with Uber and discover how they plan to reduce their carbon footprint. I'm Dan Seguin. And I'm Rebecca Schwartz. Hey Dan, have you ever noticed how quickly language changes seemingly overnight? In 2021, words like doom scrolling and adulting were added to the dictionary, while words like salty were updated with new definitions. Wait, what, salty? What the blank does salty mean now? Well, it's a term for being bitter, angry, or resentful. Like, Dan, don't be salty. I don't think so. I'm in a great mood. Cool. Anyways, what about popular phrases? Uh, The perfect example? It wasn't that long ago we used to say, let's call a cab. Now it's, let's order an Uber. Between 2017 and 2019, nearly 4 billion rides were taken using Uber in the US and Canada alone. In fact, Uber is the largest mobility platform in the world. Well, as an avid user myself, there is no question that ride-sharing companies like Uber have disrupted the transportation space, providing convenience, accessibility, and affordability to riders in nearly every major city around the world. Collectively, ride-sharing companies have transformed how we move and commute in our cities, to the point that some critics believe people are foregoing lower carbon forms of transportation, like public transit, biking, and walking resulting in 69% more climate pollution. And that's according to the Union of Concerned Scientists. With the Canadian government's promise to be zero carbon by 2050 and transportation currently accounting for 28% of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions, there's another disruption and culture shift coming. Recently, Uber released its climate assessment and performance report to address how it plans to aggressively tackle climate change and the emissions its business produces. Adopting the mantra that with great power comes great responsibility, Uber is aiming to be an environmental leader and game changer in the mobility and ride-sharing space. So here's today's big question. Stating that it will be a zero emissions platform by 2040, what are some of the innovative strategies and incentives Uber is introducing to address its carbon footprint? I'm really interested to talk about what those are in today's show with our very special guest, Matthew Price. Matthew is the general manager of Uber Canada. During Matthew's time at Uber, he helped lead its transformation in Europe across 15 countries for some of Uber's most strategic cross-functional programs. Bonjour, Matthew. Welcome to the show. Perhaps you could start us off by telling us a bit more about yourself and your role at Uber. Well, bonjour, and thank you for having me on today. Um, so I'm, I'm Matthew Price, a uh, proud Canadian, sustainability enthusiast, and also the general manager of Uber Canada. Um, uh, I joined Uber back in 2015 based in Europe. Um, so a front row seat to how this topic's evolved across that continent, helping to implement uh, many of Uber's early policies in terms of driving the green resolution there. 
Um, and then the privilege then to come back to Canada in, in 2019 to take on this role and, and, you know, help Uber start its journey, um, to, to emission zero in Canada. So in my role, I'm, I'm responsible for our vision and strategy, the overall performance of our business, health of our team, and, you know, importantly, the customer experience, both, both riders and drivers. Thanks, Matthew. Now, can you tell us more about Uber Green and the uptake thus far by customers? Absolutely. So, so Uber Green is our low emissions ride option, electric or hybrid. Um, it is in 16 cities across Canada today. Um, and as an Uber user, you can effectively select Uber Green in your app um, to request that hybrid or electric ride. It's a dollar more than, than your UberX ride, um, but you're, you're getting to experience something very different. Um, we made a commitment at Uber to be fully emission zero by 2030 in cities that have supportive policies and 2040 everywhere globally. Um, and this Uber Green was one of our first actions to actually make the commitment a reality. And, and I will say, I, I do think, you know, we and ride sharing are really at the next frontier um, and, and can have a real impact here in, in catalyzing this change. And let me just quickly tell you why. Um, you know, as, as you might know, gas-powered vehicles account for about three quarters of greenhouse gas emissions and transportation in, in cities today. But not all of those cars are created equal. Ride-sharing drivers use their vehicles much more than your average car owner. Uh, and in fact, if, if a driver makes a switch to electric vehicle, you see three to four times greater emission savings compared to your average car. Um, so if you think of the millions of drivers that we as, as Uber have on the streets across the world, if even a small portion of those drivers make the switch to go electric, that's a huge push to, to getting zero emission transportation off the ground. Um, and importantly, contributing to the scale that's going to be required to bring down the cost of vehicles and increase increase the availability of charging, which we'll we'll talk a lot more about here today. All right. So has this resulted in an uptake for drivers to transition to electric vehicles? So so, so drivers that come to our platform with an electric vehicle, um, they have an opportunity to earn a dollar more on any trip they take. Um, and if and if it's an Uber Green trip, a dollar fifty more, which at scale is a significant increase in earnings, which, as we know, is really important. When it comes to electric vehicles, because these car, these vehicles are still, um, you know, more expensive today than your your internal combustion vehicle. But at the same time, as I as I mentioned, there are real barriers here in terms of the cost and access to the vehicle and the availability of charging, um, which is why it's going to take partnership across the ecosystem to drive the uptake that we all want to see. And and I'll, I'll give you an example of one of the things that we're doing there to make that happen. Um, and and really proud to say we just announced yesterday. Um, the following, which is we did a survey of drivers in Canada. 71% of them are interested in switching to an electric vehicle, um, which is which is big. But you also hear from them that charging is a significant barrier. So we announced a partnership yesterday with Green Lots, which is a member of the Shell Group, to actually create th- three new charging stations in Vancouver. Um, that's one of the leading EV markets in North America for Uber. Uh, and, and effectively, this is Uber's first exclusive partnership across North America to give drivers and delivery people um, access to fast charging um, and, and access to fast charging at a discounted rate that will make it cheaper than charging at their home. So it's a pilot, it's a blueprint, but it is the type of thing that we need to replicate across Canada and globally to drive that uptake um, in terms of drivers transitioning to electric vehicles. That's really interesting, Matthew. Now, Uber recently published its climate assessment and performance report. What were the biggest takeaways from the report and was there anything that surprised you from the data? Yeah, let me let me talk you through um, a couple of the key insights in that report. Um, 
So the, the, the first one is that um, the efficiency of trips with Uber um, actually improve as ridership grows. And, and let, me, let me explain what that means, which is from 2017 to the end of 2019, our active, our average actively active, sorry, our average active month, monthly ridership, uh, it grew by 36%, but carbon intensity declined by 6%. Um, if you look at that, that three-year period, the efficiency improvement results in about a half million metric tons of avoided CO2 uh, and 56 million gallons of gasoline conserved. Interestingly, though, the performance is even more efficient in cities. So, you know, again, if you look at 2019, the carbon intensity of rides in our top 10 metros across North America was about five and a half percent lower than Uber average, um, and even lower if you look at the, the largest cities. Um, the, the last thing I'll say there is that um, we found and, and reported there that uh, Uber drivers um, on average use hybrid vehicles about five and a half times more than your average car owner. Um, uh, and that and that speaks to what I mentioned before in terms of you know transitioning one Uber driver into an electric or in this case a hybrid vehicle has an outsized impact in terms of taking um, taking dirty miles and putting clean miles on our streets. Um, I will say the other thing in there um, is we referenced a number of policies that we think are going to be important to to kind of um, accelerate the uh, the the revolution here towards green. Um, Things like increasing the quality and availability of local transit, micromobility infrastructure, we should talk a bit about that, road pricing that includes all vehicles, increasing drivers' access to, to cleaner and electric vehicles, as well as charging availability. Um, and, and that all really helped inform the actions that we've taken as an organization to work towards the 2030-2040 goal. Okay, so as a global company with a global impact, I've read that you're developing some innovative strategies to be a zero emission platform by 2040. Can you tell us what are some of those strategies and how you guys plan to get there? Would would love to, and I touched I touched on a few, but but let me let me elaborate. So, um, the way we think about it is, you know, commitment's one thing; it has to be coupled with action. Um, and there's four key actions that that we're taking. So, you know, the first I've already spoken about, which is expanding Uber Green. Um, you know, and, and that's going to give consumers, um, those of us that that don't own an electric vehicle today, an opportunity to experience what it's like. Um, which, which I think is going to be really important uh, to, to letting people experience the magic that is an electric vehicle and, and kind of have that motivate their own choices moving forward. Um, the, the second one is, is helping drivers then transition to electric vehicles. We definitely don't have as many on the streets as we need today to service the demand that's there for green. Um, I mentioned green lots already as one way we're doing this. Another, another instance here, for example, is we have a partnership with General Motors to offer all eligible Uber drivers um, effectively, the employee discount on on a Chevy Bolt, which is important to bring down the upfront cost, um, which which we know is high, um, and and you know this is important in addition to to federal funding that is that is currently available. Um, we are also investing in our multimodal network. So I mentioned this a moment ago. What that means is um, it's going to take more than just um, offering. Uh, electric vehicles to fully get to our sustainability goals. We we also need to drive mode shifting, which means we need to integrate Lime into our app. We've actually done this in Ottawa, um, where you can now get e-bikes and e-scooters through the Uber app. Um, and we need more partnerships with local transit authorities um, to, to give you information and help you figure out how to combine Uber with transit to, to get to where you need to go. Um, and the last thing I'll say here is we need to be accountable. Um, the, the climate report we just talked about is, is one step in that direction, um, but it's really just the start. We, we want to bring our data 
um, to the public, to the table to discuss how we do this, because this is a team sport. We, we cannot do this alone. It is going to take uh, private and public industry coming together and working towards what I think we all think is a, is a common goal. Now, Matthew, what are some of the biggest barriers and challenges you've identified in your roadmap to zero emissions? So I've, I've, I've touched on a couple. Let me quickly reiterate those and I'll, I'll add a couple more. Um, so, I mean, when, when we talk to drivers, again, 70% of which are interested, um, it is the, the cost and the access to the vehicle, keeping in mind that the inventory is not there today for, for people who want the vehicles. Um, and then it's the, the access to charging. In fact, there's a study that came out of California not long ago that shows, unfortunately, one in four electric vehicle drivers switch back to a gas car because of how painful it is to charge, which is a problem. Um, so, so, you know, uh, against those, um, I mentioned earlier that, um, uh, you know, part of Uber Green is about people getting to experience what an electric vehicle is. Today, an electric vehicle is, is often, you know, a luxury for more wealthy households. Often people kind of buying their second or third vehicle and having it be electric. But the, the, our data shows that, you know, every electric vehicle on our platform on average touches 100 different riders a month. Um, so, you know, that gives a lot of people the opportunity to experience a, uh, an electric ride. And the reason that's important is that, that scale is going to help kind of catalyze the shift, which means the scale will lead to more demand for vehicles and over time, lower battery costs that bring down the cost. The scale off also offers the demand um, that's going to be required to get the charging infrastructure um, to be installed and have the utilization required to make the economics work for those for those asset owners. Um, so I think, think that's really important. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, it's going to take more than just private cars. Um, so, so we need multimodal. We need the regulatory framework in place to roll out multimodal. Um, and uh, the, one other thing I'll, I'll add to this, it's also about education. Um, there's a lot of people you know, who don't fully understand um, what an electric vehicle is, what it's like to drive. Uh, one of the things we recently did was, was rolled out um, an EV calculator, which means you, know, you can now go on and compare um, as an Uber driver, the cost of a inter internal combustion versus electric vehicle um, through the lens of a driver, including all the subsidies and local benefits available to get a sense for what your total cost of ownership is and what it takes to get it on, on par. So um, as, I've, as I said here a couple of times, early days on this journey, I think we know what the barriers are. We don't know how to address all of them, but we also know we're not going to be able to do this alone. So, Matthew, the integration of multimodal network is innovative, including the incorporation of public transit tickets, Lime scooters and bike rentals, and even carpooling to help commuters get from point A to point B. So, can you touch on these and tell us why this was the right step in Uber's evolution? Absolutely. And, and let me let me first talk a little bit more about um, transit. Um, and and I think about it like this: today, most people, when they leave their house, they grab their keys and they hop into their car. Um, and and we need to give um, Canadians something that for the first time is sufficiently convenient that they might consider doing something different, which needs to be more than just offering you UberX and Uber Green, um, but it also needs to be offering you transit options, um, electric bike and scooter options to effectively help create you know, a suite of solutions um, that makes it more likely you're gonna forego the car. Uh, and that's important because that car sits idle 95% of the time. Uh, and the other 5% is often emitting carbon emissions with only one person in the vehicle. So. The, the new thing we've done um, just in the last few weeks is rolled out um, for now, just in the GTA, a product called Uber Plus Transit. 
Um, and it's a combination of two of our existing products, UberX and Journey Planning. And, and how it works is when a convenient route's available, we will actually now um, help you find an UberX to the closest transit stop and then give you the information about how to get to your final destination using public transit. Um, so, it, it, you know, we find the unique ways to combine the two to get you where you want to go, sometimes faster, oftentimes cheaper. Um, and uh, we've integrated this with public transit across the GTA. We're watching the data very closely to see see how it performs and definitely something we want to roll out um, across this country to continue to deepen the integration with, with public transit. Um, I think it's really, really important as part of the solution. And I think every everyone's you know everyone when going from point A to point B, um, you know they're they're solving for a slightly different set of things. For some people, it's about what's the greenest option. For some people, it's what's the fastest option. For some people, it's what's the cheapest option. And you know I want to I want to offer Canadians um, ways to solve for all of that um, and ways to do it in in the most environmentally conscious way. Okay, Matthew. Wondering if you could expand on key takeaways from your operations and the overall impact from this past year during shelter in place and the golden age of food delivery. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we often get this question in terms of, you know, look, you made this, this, this commitment to be zero emissions in late 2020. Um, you know, why then? Um, you know, and, and, you know, for us, COVID-19 um, was not a, a barrier, a challenge. It was actually the catalyst to do this. Um, and, and the reason, and, and we all saw this, was for, for a period of time there, when we looked at our window, we saw our cities breathing again for the first time. And if you look at the data, carbon emissions were actually down um, for a period of time as we were all sheltering in, in place. You know, and as, as the industry leader in Canada, um, you know, we knew we had an obligation, we had a responsibility to take advantage of a moment like that and figuring out how we can build back better. Um, very much aligned to, you know, the, the leadership our Canadian government shown, um, very much aligned to the Paris Climate Agreement. And that really spawned the commitment around sustainability um, and, and the beginning of that. Of course, very focused throughout the pandemic on helping Canadians in need move safely um, in terms of helping, uh, you know, drivers find a flexible learning opportunity that for many people was, was necessary during you know a really big economic crisis um but uh you know we kept these sustainability um aspirations front and center um and i'm, I'm really pleased this is one of the the ways that we are building back better um and um you know in some sense a silver lining from what's been a really really difficult time for for all of us over the last 18 months Okay, let's talk about government and industry partnerships, including Uber's advocacy for key policy reform. What are some of the changes you'd like to see in these new collaborations for the transportation sector? There's no silver bullet here. And, you know, it's going to take um, all parties coming together, um, you know, solving for our common goal as, as Canadians and, and what is the biggest challenge of our generation uh, in terms of how, how to make this, this kind of low carbon future a reality. Um, there, there's a long list of things here at the federal level, at the provincial level, at the municipal level. Um, I'll, 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 I'll say two that I think are particularly important to, you know, how we catalyze a lot of what we've talked about here from using ride sharing as a way to, to usher this in. You know, one, um, and we've talked about it, we think Uber Green is really important um, in, in terms of, um, you know, helping people experience electric, um, which will help people upgrade um, to their own electric vehicle, will help create some of the, the demand required to bring down the costs to make this happen. Um, there's ways that cities can incentivize the use of Uber Green. Um, you know, 
what we've seen in a number of cities, Vancouver's done it. Um, in fact, Pearson Airport's done it. Is they've actually reduced the um, per trip fee on zero emission vehicles, um, which makes it for you as a rider cheaper um, to to take a to take a green trip. Um, and uh, I do think you know there's there's an opportunity to do more of that um, to help to 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 you know uh, enable that part of what's going to be a key part of the the transition. I think the other thing is um, uh, you know there's real opportunities for us to work as a you know ride sharing um, and taxi industry uh, to think about how to do this um, in the right way and and you know very much encouraging cities across the country to create a vehicle for hire working group bring the right stakeholders to the table that's going to be all levels of government it's going to be uh, the private transport companies taxi companies utilities others um, and let's talk about things like what are the barriers um, uh, and and really specific barriers in that specific city um, uh, what are best practices we can bring from other jurisdictions? What's the roadmap to get there? Um, there's no silver bullet, as I said at the top, but um, you know, it's it, these types of things um, often with government leading, um, supported by organizations like ours, that that will get us to where we need to be. And Matthew, does Canada's commitment to a zero carbon by 2050 make collaboration easier compared to other countries? I think the answer to that is absolutely. We we need that constructive relationship we talked about um, with local with local government. There's no other way to do it, um, and uh, very much seen that, um, and and just really pleased and proud as a Canadian to see our government leading in this space. Um, you know, partnerships like what I've talked about here with Greenlot are are going to be key. Um, the way we we kind of take that blueprint and expand it across the country is in part with government helping to to pave the way. Now, in Canada, more than 3 million people use Uber regularly across 18 cities. I'm curious about Ottawa. What is your data telling you about our mobility habits? Happy to share some data on, on Ottawa, um, one of our, our early Canadian cities that we, uh, that we brought Uber to. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the following. So most, most trips in Ottawa happen during commuting times, um, 8 a.m., 4 p.m. to be specific, and of course on weekends. Um, I can tell you uh, that the people of Ottawa had a lot of fun on Halloween, um, a really big spike um, over, over Halloween weekend. And, and some of the top destinations in Ottawa um, are the Rideau Centre, Byward Market area, Elegant Street downtown, Via Rail Station and, and TD Place Stadium. Um, Ottawa is a really, really important city for us. Uh, and, and one, you know, in particular where we, we are excited to partner with all levels of government um, and uh, you know organizations such as Hydro Ottawa to, to make this green future a reality. Okay, Matthew, we're coming to the end. So how about we close off with some rapid fire questions? Are you ready? Love it, let's do it. What is your favorite word? Oh, hello. Maybe that's my most frequent word, if nothing else. Tell us one thing you absolutely cannot live without. Music. What is something that challenges you? Uh, I would say how to integrate work and life. I love both sides of that equation so much. There's only so much time in a day and how you balance the two continues to be a, a real challenge for me. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I would love the ability to pause time um, and lengthen those, those kind of you know, special moments or, or busy work days to, to get a bit more in. Now, let's say you were talking to your 18-year-old self. What would you tell him? Life is short and there's no substitute for, for passion and doing things that you love. And lastly, what do you find most interesting in your sector right now? 
this one probably won't be a surprise given the conversation we just had. But um, I, I think ride sharing has fundamentally changed uh, how people move around our cities. I think the next frontier is for ride sharing to fundamentally catalyze this electric revolution. Well, Matthew, we've reached the end of another episode of the Think Energy podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you had a lot of fun. I did indeed. It was great to meet you both. Thank you for having me on and uh, all the good work you're doing to to help make Ottawa uh, a green city. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Think Energy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening. And to find out more about today's guest or previous episodes, visit thinkenergypodcast.com. I hope you'll join us again next time as we spark even more conversations about the energy of tomorrow.